I'm just going to be reading uh, a couple verses out of uh, the Ten Commandments that we looked at just a little while ago. I just want to reread the fourth commandment, starting at verse 8, Exodus 20. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. I remember when, whenever we stayed with Arla's folks in, in Florida, they had a huge barometer sitting at the end of their hallway. And uh, two things I noticed about it is, for one, it never moved. It seemed like it just never moved. But then once in a while, when it did move, even though it was completely sunny outside and there wasn't a cloud in the sky, you knew within hours that a storm was coming, because that's what a barometer does. It it shows your air pressure, and it's a, a, a good indication of, of storms. And You know, I, I think in some ways that's how it is with the fourth commandment. It's a bit like a barometer, but instead of obviously telling us about air pressure, it tells us something about our spiritual health, giving you some indication on how well you understand and I think appreciate God's gift called rest, Sabbath rest. Do you know Sabbath rest was given to us for our enjoyment as well as for our spiritual and physical health? It was meant to be a blessing. Is that how you see it in your family? Is the Sabbath a blessing or does it just seem like another day to you? Some people, they, they think that, well, yeah, but observing the Sabbath, that really was just kind of an Old Testament thing. And we live under grace now, so it really doesn't matter how we, we spend the Sabbath, how we observe it. It's really up to us. But is that true? I think there's been a real change that we, we see occurring in our country. Fifty years ago, when I was little, <laughs> um, it, there was a lot of rules that you had to follow, wasn't there? And when I hear about my parents and, and my grandparents and how they had to observe the Sabbath, there was even more rules. But I think in, in some ways we've gone to the opposite extreme where pretty much anything goes now, and somehow we've got to find a, a happy medium. We, we've got to find a way to observe it in a way that is pleasing to God. Not that it's a hardship, not that it's an obligation, but it's, we see it as a gift. Again, something to enjoy. I think for too many, they see the fourth commandment as being more of a suggestion nowadays rather than an actual command. I mean, if someone in our church broke the sixth commandment, it'd be pretty clear, right, that that was wrong, that Thou shalt not kill. Or if the elders went for a home visit and they went into your house and there was a great big golden Buddha in one of your corners of your living room, well, elders might have something to say about that, right? And, and they'd say that because they love you and 
They don't want you to do things that would be harmful. But what about the fourth commandment? Why aren't we concerned about this commandment? Why don't we ever really think much about if we're breaking it or not? And I think that's why it's important that we spend the next couple of weeks looking at what Sabbath rest is all about. This morning we're going to look at it more according to what the Ten Commandments say, and then we're going to look at different aspects of it in upcoming weeks. But before we get started, let me mention a couple things about it in general. First, it's the longest of, and the most detailed of all the commandments. That alone should show you that it's important in God's eyes. Of all the other commandments, this one is the longest. It's important that we shouldn't take it lightly. The, the fourth commandment is also one of two commandments that are put positively. You have the fourth commandment, which is the other commandment that's put positively? Anybody? Honor your father and your mother, the next one. Otherwise, the other eight are, are it's more like you shouldn't do this. It, it, it's more of a, a, um, a negative thing. Having said that, I also think the fourth commandment is probably one of the most controversial of, of the ten. I think more books, more articles have been written about the fourth commandment than any other of the commandments. I think it's safe to say that our world and, and even God's people were not entirely clear how we're supposed to observe this day, how, how we should do it in a, in a way that's pleasing to the Lord. Think about all the Sabbath rules you had to follow when you were younger. Kids today, they just have no idea what, what that was like, and I'm not going to get into a lot of that this morning, but there really was a lot of rules, and, and those rules almost took on a life of, of their own. And uh, you might say we, maybe some of those rules even became a little pharisaical. Um, maybe, maybe in your house it, it wasn't, but I, I know in, in the house that I grew up in, it, 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 it did seem that way. And uh, instead of this day being a, a, a day of blessing, it just seemed to me as a kid a, a, a day where you couldn't laugh, you really couldn't have much fun. There's just a lot of rules on what you, you couldn't do. And so this morning I want to talk about this commandment in general, and, and that's, we're, we're going to apply it and, and, and see how, start looking at our own lives and, and is our Sabbath observance pleasing to the Lord? And, and, and again, we all have to answer that for ourselves as, as we feel led by the Holy Spirit, but... This is an important question to, uh, to ask ourselves and to talk about as a family. And so the first thing I want to say about the Sabbath rest is that it's a creation principle. It's a creation principle. It's the Lord's Day. In the book of Exodus, you will find the focus of the Ten Commandments are, are, are about remembering. It's about looking back. It's about remembering. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And the reason verse 11 gives us for this is, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Notice the, seventh, the Sabbath day, it's not being invented by Moses later on in life. 
This is something that was instituted by God right from the very beginning. It's a creation principle. And after he created all things, saw that it was good, the Bible says he rested in Genesis. Rested not because he was tired, because our God doesn't get tired, but he rested because he wanted to enjoy the day. He wanted to del- delight in the day. He wanted to reflect on, on all that he made and, and, and how he saw that everything was good and perfect and right. And so he enjoyed it. That's a little bit different than for us, though, because we're finite beings. God is infinite. And, and, and so we need a day of rest because physically, spiritually, emotionally, we need that time, that downtime, so that we might refocus our, our, our eyes, our hearts, on what's really important. I think you could say that the Sabbath, it's a day not to till the garden, but it's a day to observe the beauty of the garden, to observe the beauty of God's creation. Clearly, it's a, a gift of grace that God wanted us to enjoy. I think part of the, the, the problem with the with our, our Sabbath observances, we look at it from a Western perspective. For Jews, it went from dusk to dusk. That was their Sabbath. And so how did the Sabbath begin? With a dinner. You invited friends. You invited family. It was a time of fellowship, a time of fun, a time just being, enjoying being with God's people, with family and friends. For a Jewish person, the Sabbath began with great joy. And then after that time with family, then the next morning is when you went to the tabernacle, you went to the temple, you went to church, and you worshiped the Lord. And then out of that, out of that time of rest, that time of refocusing your eyes back on God, then in the afternoon, it, you enjoy the gifts of God. You enjoy the beauty of creation. And you go out into the world and offer those around you God's shalom, God's peace. And that's something each of us can do. For most people, Monday through Saturday, it's, it's quite a rush. We live busy lives. We've been given all these conveniences to make life easier, and we, we just got ourselves busier. We think we can pack more into our days than, than ever before. And because life is so busy, Sunday, rather than being a day of rest, a day to enjoy, a day to refocus, has been a, a, become a day really to catch up on your errands, to do some housework, wash the clothes, or maybe the opposite of that is play so hard that come Monday morning, you're exhausted because you never really took the time to rest to refocus your eyes on the only one who can satisfy us and fill us and give us what we need the most. I read a story about a traveler in the 1800s who was traveling through the jungles of Africa, and apparently he hired some uh, um, locals out of one of the villages to, to carry all his belongings, which apparently was quite a bit, because he was going to be there for quite a while. Well, the first day, they they marched rapidly, and they went far. 
And the man, he had hopes of, of getting to uh, the village he was aiming for in, in just a couple of days. The second morning, the tribesmen refused to, to move when, when it was time to leave. They just sat there and they, they kind of looked like they were in thoughtful reflection. I mean, they, they just sat there. They, they, were, they were not packing anything up. They, they just sat there. And when the man inquired about the strange behavior, the man was informed that they had gone too far and too fast the first day. And they were now waiting for their souls to catch up with their bodies. Whatever happened to you? You get to church on Sunday and you're so tired and exhausted from the week before that you're waiting for your soul to catch up with your body? Secondly, the gift of Sabbath rest is connected to your salvation. In Deuteronomy 5, we find a a little bit different um, giving of of the Ten Commandments with some added things, some different things added to it. And we see this in the Fourth Commandment as well. Listen to what Deuteronomy adds to um, this commandment. Verse 15 of of Deuteronomy 5. Um, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. And so in Exodus, it's tied to creation, the fourth commandment, but it's a little bit different in, in Deuteronomy 5. There God says you were once slaves. Remember how I freed you with a mighty hand. And so there it's more about our salvation, about our freedom in God that can only come from Him. That because He is our strength, because He is our such a mighty God, and He can free us from sin, He can free us from our whatever we've been enslaved to. It's a day to remember that, to reflect on that. This is something we need to remember each Lord's Day. We're called to remember our great salvation in Jesus Christ. Every Sunday we're reminded that his blood was spilt to take away all our sins and to give us the gift of eternal life. Because of what Christ accomplished, we're no longer in bondage to sin, but we've been set free. And that's something that we reflect on every Sabbath which we did just a little while ago. And just as God saved his people from Pharaoh and provided for all their needs and was their comfort as well, he he continues to do this for us. And that's what our Sabbath rest should represent to us. That God is our creator, Exodus, and our redeemer, Deuteronomy. That true rest can only be found in him can't be found in the things of this world. It can't be found anywhere else but in Him. Those gifts, they're they're wonderful to celebrate, even on the Sabbath, but those things in themselves aren't going to satisfy us and fill that emptiness inside us. Only Jesus can do that. And I think really it's kind of a, a reminder to us of the eternal Sabbath that awaits us that we're all going to get to enjoy one day when the Lord calls us home. Does this describe you and your Sabbath rest? 
It's like a recurve bow, recurve bow I have at home. Normally, I don't keep the string on it. What you do after you use it, you slide the, the string off so that it's not always taut, so that the limbs can be at rest. If you don't do this, after a while, your, your, your bow will lose its effectiveness. It'll lose, your, it'll lose its strength. It'll lose its strength if it's always strung tight. Isn't it the same way with us? When we're always strung tight, when we don't get that Sabbath rest, when we don't refocus our eyes on God, when we don't come together with the family of God, we're going to be affected. It's like that, that, that bow with the string that's always tight on it. After a while, it, 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 it just won't work like it's supposed to. It's the same for us. We need that weekly rest, both physically, spiritually, emotionally. And when you fail to get it, when you're always rushing here or there, when you're always, working, when you're always playing so hard that, again, you're exhausted come Monday morning, you better believe you're going to get worn down and you're going to get frustrated and life's not going to work out like it's supposed to. Third, the gift of Sabbath rest is connected to the covenant that God established with his people. It was a sign for Israel that they were the people of God. That they were the people of God by observing Sabbath rest. And so when God's people violated the Sabbath and treated it like any other day, it's like they were violating their covenant with God. Because of all the gods in the world, only God put into place our rest as being one of one of the important parts of our covenant with him. It's part of our covenant. Something that we need to observe. See, everyone else back then, they worked seven days a week. But God's people didn't need to. Why? Because they could rest today because they trusted that God would provide for them. They don't have to act like the world around them. I, I know some people have to work on, on the Sabbath for whatever reason and... and We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in coming weeks. But just as a general principle, though, we need Sabbath rest if we're going to stay healthy. And we can observe it because we trust that God will provide for all our needs. You don't have to work seven days. You can work six days. And then refocus your eyes on the Lord because He's going to give you your daily bread. He's already made that promise to you. I think you could say joy is the medium of Sabbath rest. How does the Westminster Catechism put it? What is the chief end of man? To enjoy God. To delight in God. No, what is it? To serve God and enjoy Him forever. Usually I know that one. To enjoy God, to serve God and enjoy Him forever. Notice that second part of it, enjoy. Again, really it's talking about Sabbath rest. It's something that we can in part enjoy now, but one day for eternity in heaven, it's going to be ours to claim and to enjoy. Every day, every Sunday as you, you rest, again, it's, it's a little glimpse 
of our eternal rest that awaits us and the joy that will fill us when we have that rest forever. You were created needing that rest so that you might be refreshed and, and, and so that you might be re- recalibrated, so that you might be renewed, so that you might have the strength you need to go about your, your week and serve the Lord. I think we've all experienced it. Maybe you're on vacation, something's going on, and you weren't able to come to church on a particular Sunday. Seems like the next week, it's just different, isn't it? It's just not the same. You're, you're not as rested. You're not as content. It just We need that time to refocus our eyes on the Lord if we're going to stay healthy. You could say your Sabbath rest each week shouts out to you that you matter to your Creator, that you're important, that you're His image bearer. And as His image bearer, we need to observe the Lord's Day. What about you? Is there any part of your Sabbath rest that you might need to change? What's the Lord putting upon your heart? I encourage you to talk about this with your spouse. Talk about it with your family so that our observance of this day is is pleasing to the Lord. You know, in the Old Testament, if you broke this commandment, a a person could be given the death penalty. If you broke this commandment, you could be given the death penalty. It still deserves that. The only reason that we're still standing here is because the Lord of the Sabbath has come, hasn't hasn't he? The Lord of the Sabbath has come and he bore our penalty for us and he was treated as a Sabbath breaker so that we might not be. My prayer for myself and for all of you is that your your Sabbath rest might truly be a day of joy, a day to savor, a day which you see as a gift from the Lord. May your rest each Sunday make you yearn for your eternal rest and really make you long for home. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for this day of rest, a day that we might be able to refocus our eyes on you, a day to, Lord, celebrate your goodness, your many gifts. Lord, you are so good to us. Thank you for the, your world around us, for your creation, the beauty of it. Lord, that you've given us the eyes to see and, and perceive it as coming from you, as being a reflection of your greatness. Father, may it truly be a day of rest for each of us, a day to be renewed, revived, a day to prepare for the, the week before us. And Lord, we just pray that we might glorify you in all that we do. Lord, if there's things about our, our Sabbath celebration, Lord, that are not pleasing to you, Lord, bring it to mind. Show us what needs to change, Lord, so that our lives will be pleasing to you. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen.